0: We actually all already have a digital body because we've been sculpting our virtual identity with the help of all of the usernames and social profiles and websites we've ever contributed to our virtual persona online.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Growing Web3, a podcast that uncovers the growth stories behind the most successful crypto, DeFi, DAO, NFT, metaverse, and play-to-earn ecosystems. I'm your host, James R.T., and each week I'll be sitting down with founders and experts on Web3 to pick their brains and learn about their growth stories. We'll discuss strategies and tactics to understand how they've grown Web3's billion dollar protocols and communities. So whether you're in the midst of your own growth story or just getting started, this show is for you. Subscribe and join us each week as we discuss growing Web3. Growing Web3 is brought to you by Hype Partners, the leading community management and marketing agency for Web3 organizations. Hype is a global agency of 120 marketers committed to supercharging Web3 ecosystems. Go to www.hype.partners to learn more. Hey
2: everyone, welcome to Growing Web3 podcast i'm super excited to have with me anara anara is a colleague of mine she works on third academy amongst a load of other things which uh, she's about to tell you about and today we're going to be focusing on discussing digital fashion and how digital fashion brands are growing within the metaverse within web3 so great to have you on anara maybe you could give a quick introduction and some background on yourself
0: yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to get to talk about this. My name is Inara. I spent 10 years as a performer uh, learning to how to tell stories both in front and behind the camera. So I have been focused on getting people equipped for the digital space and being able to continue become storytellers in the developing metaverse that we're currently stepping into. I am the founder of a digital fashion engine called Armour and Like you mentioned, I also teach Web3 marketing at Third Academy. My goal is really to expand the notion of what creativity means in virtual spaces and discuss how people can essentially make it a living.
2: So yeah, you briefly touched on what we were kind of doing before you got into this space. What's kind of been your journey into Web3 from the digital fashion media world into yeah Web3? How did that come about?
0: Yeah, so hindsight is always 2020, so it almost feels inevitable that I was going to be doing this anyways. But I got very interested in the intersection between fashion and technology when I started to attend and also produce music and tech festivals. They became epicenters of cultural innovation that were attracting a lot of outsiders, but also mainstream thinkers, and really creating an amazing ecosystem for people to think about the future of various industries. I got very passionate about education and helping people that are not part of the tech ecosystem to be onboarded into that space. So I built a couple of boot camps to essentially help more people be part of the tech sector. And in that journey, in that process, I got very interested in the overlap between fashion and tech. And during the pandemic, it was quite easy to start to talk about the future of digital spaces because we were spending so much time actually online, both to socialize with our friends and family, as well as for our work environment became fully digital. And uh, people started to wonder what it would look like to fashion our virtual lives and talk about the notion of us becoming avatars and seeing that journey kind of expand even more. So I started hosting conversations online about digital fashion as as a topic and am humbled to be part of this developing future as we're stepping into it.
2: Yeah, you're very much at the forefront of that shift because I think we, we discussed this previously a few years ago. Things were start sort of bubbling up. NFTs were bubbling away, but there hadn't really been any product market fit for them. And then when the pandemic hit, this kind of sped up the innovation massively around NFTs and obviously news like live events couldn't happen anymore. So a lot of things became digital, like they had to become digital to survive. And then this kind of merge of these two worlds, this Web3 world and, yeah, this cultural world, I think, really started to, started to happen. Yeah, maybe you could talk a little bit about what kind of digital fashion looks like in the Web3 context, like now as it is today.
0: You know, everybody knows the story of the emperor who had no clothes. So I think a lot of people, when they think about digital fashion, kind of get very confused and like, why would you create clothes that you cannot wear considering how physical of a product fashion actually is? So to begin kind of explaining where digital fashion fits in, I like to say that we actually all already have a digital body because even though for most of us, it might not look 3D yet, we've been sculpting our virtual identity with the help of all of the usernames and social profiles and websites we've ever contributed to our virtual persona online. And as we kind of started to join communities and seek belonging in either in forums or in different chat rooms and joining communities that will essentially help us feel like we're part of a community, we will also eventually want to dress up that virtual identity as it starts to look more 3D. And we started to see that phenomenon happen with PFP collections as NFTs introduced more of like series of human beings or humanoids that actually made you feel like you are connected to them. So the question I asked is like, what will your PFP want to wear in the metaverse? And what does that, uh, what does that journey actually look like? So fashion can appeal to a fully virtual life, as well as uh, products and companies that exist in the physical world that also want to materialize in virtual spaces.
2: I love that concept that we already have like a digital body, digital version of ourselves. And yeah, I think, yeah, that's a trend that's really happened over the last 18 months. I feel like a bit of a loser because I'm still like the guy who has his normal headshot on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, okay, I really need to change that. So I, I might do that today because my digital body doesn't feel great right now, <laughs> doesn't feel very innovative.
0: What are you going to be wearing? <laughs>
2: I quite like this NFT collection called Miladies. They're quite quite random and they're kind of niche right now. So I've got a few of those. So maybe I'll put one of those up. Yeah, we've seen like Bored Apes and these really popular PFPs go through like, they've also started to come to contact with fashion, right? Because there was like the Adidas Bored Apes. And yeah, that's like, you're flexing if you've got a Bored Ape or you're showing you're part of a community. And then you're also adding like, you know, the Adidas version, which I think had specific clothing. They were like 3D with specific clothing pieces on. So yeah, it's very cool that that's becoming becoming a trend. And yeah, I love that. I think a lot of people, when they think of digital fashion, think of the metaverse immediately. But really, like you said, it's, it's potentially even more important dressing up this digital body on Twitter, because more people might see it for now. Very cool. Very cool. And what do you think the key differences between the way digital fashion is moving or growing in the Web3 world and kind of in the normal world, I guess?
0: Digital fashion can seem as a very separate aspect of both the fashion and tech industries, because it is, first of all, so new. And it also sits in this new area that requires somebody to have an understanding of what the fashion, the e-commerce world is like, and then also looking at the tech ecosystem and how people actually behave within this space. So digital fashion, to me, is a step that can provide extra level of connectivity between your physical and your digital experience and allows you to actually take your user on a journey as your brand starts to mature and kind of secure its place within the landscape and also allow it to belong in multiple places. You can have only so many brick and mortar stores in the physical world, but your virtual presence can be really useful for so many people that don't live in a specific zip code where your brand can be very present. So as we start to see spaces and virtual spaces emerge, like Decentraland and the Sandbox and and, and all of the virtual worlds where people spend time. These may not be the worlds where we spend time in five to 10 years, but they're starting to showcase the behaviors of how people like to spend time online. I kind of coined a term for myself that in order for brands and and creators to actually break into the space, they will have to become meta brands and meta creators, which essentially has the framework of the metaverse in mind as they start to build out and adapt products for this new, new space. So the same way how The internet made companies have to develop their digital brands. I think uh, the metaverse in a similar way is asking creators and brands to consider their strategy for entering this space too.
2: It's like there was obviously retail strategy, sell your stuff in stores. Then there was a digital strategy, sell your stuff online through a website or Instagram or wherever it may be. And now it's what's your metaverse strategy? What's your Web3 strategy? which I think is really exciting because it kind of flips everything on its head because you can't really go advertising first, which is like the traditional way. You have to go community first. And yeah, this is is creating a lot of interesting challenges for brands at the moment. What new things, what new kind of experiments, I guess, are we seeing brands do now that they have this like fully digital platform? within Web3 communities on the metaverse? What kind of new things are we seeing happen?
0: I'd love to kind of circle back to the brand that you already brought up, which is Adidas. So I think they are one of the few brands that were already quite well positioned to enter this new space. In twenty fifteen, they launched a five year strategy that was called I think Creating Creating the New, which focused on becoming a brand that is also owned, uh, or not even a brand, becoming an open source company that then will be co-owned by all of the athletes, partners, consumers, and everybody who they brought on board for those specific campaigns and for those specific products. And this made them very well positioned to become a brand that actually explores the idea of co-sharing and uh, fractionalized IP and being able to kind of reflect this message of like, we want to interact and engage with our target audience, target consumer, and for them to be able to develop physical assets as well as digital assets and meta experiences became easier because they were all connected already, not just to the products that they're putting out on the market, but also to the message that they're creating. And in my opinion, like everything that you put out into the metaverse should already be reflective of your current brand and your current message. So it, it will require people to adapt their business business model to actually be able to participate in the metaverse and create an experience that is very cohesive across all platforms
2: awesome yeah the idea of co-ownership personal ownership as well i think is something that all brands should really try and embrace before they even get started on their web 3 journey because you know the things they're creating are meant to be the whole the whole point of web 3 is that people own the assets themselves, right? They can't get, the brand can't just turn something off and tell you it's worthless. Maybe they can tell you, but it won't be if it's an NFT because you'll hold it in your wallet. And if the community believes it's valuable, then it can be valuable. It kind of works outside of the brand or outside of, yeah, their control. And so I really like that. I that. I've already started thinking about how to give that control to the people who yeah, are working there and yeah, a big part of it. That's that's really awesome. And in 2015 as well, that's
0: pre NFT era. <laughs>
2: yeah, that was, yeah, no one knew what NFT was at that point. No one. What do you think? are Kind of the main challenges. I guess. Yeah, we already briefly spoke about this, but yeah, the main challenges for brands coming into the space. And yeah, what mistakes do you see some brands making?
0: Yeah, I think. If you look at the way that the DeFi ecosystem has developed, there is an expectation from customers and people that have invested in products for the team to be very accountable to them. So if you join a Discord channel and you observe like how people actually interact, especially around token launches or anything that is a kind of a financial product, people are very interested in the roadmap of the product, they want the founders to be visible, they have questions about what's going to happen next. So the community is no longer just a peripheral component of how brands uh, are built, but they are the foundation and actually probably the most important stakeholders for the community to maintain, to, to build up their trust, to earn their trust. And brands, I think for a very long time, were in a position where they were speaking towards their audience, but not really knowing how to actually incorporate that feedback back into their company. Like how do you create spaces and places where you get to interact with your valuable customers? Also, make them allow them to contribute to your brand because at the end of the day I don't think there is ever going to be a single person or a single brand that knows all of the answers about even their own ecosystem no matter you know how many consultants come into into your world the consumer and the customer really has some of the most important data points that you actually need so when I think of a brand that has done something well that is Red Bull in my mind because they are an example of a Web2 company that has successfully built a lifestyle around their products, and they became synonymous with words like adventure, extreme sports, intensity, energy. And even though, yes, we they do market a an energy drink, they also understood how to be present in the right place at the right time with the right people. So for brands who don't embrace this process of experimentation, trying something new, being visible and, and interacting with their audience and also being very transparent about the mistakes, I think it's a missed opportunity because I, I do understand how you might want to shield your brand from any negative press or any, anything that went wrong. But in the Web3 space, I think it's a huge plus when you're able to talk about your shortcomings as well as your wins and actually invite people along for the conversation. So doing that, I think, is something I would want to see more in the ecosystem.
2: Okay, so which brands do you think are doing the best job of linking digital fashion and Web3?
0: Overall, I think any brand that's actually tried to run a campaign in a virtual space, whether it means Roblox, Decentral, Cryptovoxels, they are imperfect ecosystems, like they're not Synonymous with the vision that Ready Player One may have already painted in our minds of what a metaverse looks like, but I think as a brand, it is very important to begin that experimentation so that you can actually develop learnings and understand how your brand can adapt to the, to these new spaces as they are as they are evolving. We already mentioned Adidas and how they've already paired up with other projects and created an ecosystem and. Uh, alliances between other communities that are doing something similar and kind of became synonymous with those spaces as well. But I also would love to highlight a brand Dolce Gabbana because they've done a campaign quite recently, I believe at the beginning of 2021, that launched several NFTs that opened up doors to experiences that were previously available only to their high-end clientele. That were now available through the purchase of nfts so whether that meant somebody is now qualified to have a custom garment created for them or they're able to attend a party that um, may have been very exclusive in the past now the nft membership allowed them to step into that world as well whether this is the best way of executing a campaign or not we're still i think are going to see that those steps will be defined as more and more campaigns come out but i do feel like it's very exciting for brands to reconsider who gets to partake in those experiences and open it up to the crypto community?
2: Yeah, that's super cool. I, I agree, both those brands have done like a phenomenal job of yeah, making the experience something special. I think that's like where we try and direct people is what can we do that's like next level, that's really, really special to this new medium, right? Like anyone can just put a photo or a garment into an NFT and sell it but that doesn't, there's nothing special or interesting about that anymore. Maybe that was interesting two years ago. We really want to think about what does the technology enable? So it enables things like ownership, enables things like access, and how can we uh, tie all that together into like an amazing experience? And yeah, I agree. Adidas have done very cool things. The Dolce & Gabbana campaign was awesome. It definitely tied in all those elements. The other key thing is like community. It's like, how, how can these things help grow their community? One thing I always find like to like a health check is you can just jump into Discord and you can kind of see what the chat is about and see, you know, within like an hour of poking around how engaged, how cool, how fun, how excited the community are. I think that's a nice like barometer as well. How do you think the space is going to grow over the next six to 12 months? Do you think every brand in the world is going to launch an NFT, Web3 community, or will it be phased out? What do you think?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I definitely think every brand in the world is now aware of what NFTs are and how that's going to be impacting their business model. I do still think that the metaverse in the image that Hollywood has painted in our minds is still quite a few years away. However, the thing that nfts have kind of given us is the ability to actually author digital content and being able to share it with a an original source being immutably attached to the proliferation of that uh, of that piece of content so what brands have been working on for a while is protecting their ip and being able to kind of create a brand that you know has a history and especially if you're talking about luxury fashion brands there is so much focus on the craftsmanship and how something is made and how it's revealed and like the entire you know ritual of the fashion week and now when we're talking about virtual spaces i think some brands are facing this a very difficult decision to understand like okay how do we continue to preserve i guess presenting our products in a special way and in a unique way while not being able to talk about our physical products and the craftsmanship and what the digital craftsmanship in these spaces actually looks like. So there will be some good experiments, some experiences that, that, that you know might not land well with the audiences, but both are incredibly needed. And I do not think that NFTs are going to be going anywhere simply because of the potential of what they're actually enabling us to do. One. It gives a pathway to creators, individual creators and collectives to be able to release product directly to their audiences without having to work for X amount of years at a luxury fashion house to now build up their credentials. They just can go directly to their fan base, which significantly accelerates the process of being able to bring a product to market for brands. It's also being able to have ubiquitous presence, uh, especially outside of the major fashion capitals around the world, where, of course, you can come across flagship stores here and there, and you can experience the beauty of or the the unique experience that the brick and mortar store offers. But. Up until this day, e-commerce has still been primarily a process, not an experience, and really pales in comparison to what a brick and mortar experience really gives to the customer. So how can the Metaverse step in or provide a playground for your brand to be able to showcase the other unique elements of your brand? So I think this is a very interesting opportunity and probably has a lot of longevity in it as this entire ecosystem matures too.
2: Amazing. Up only then for working yeah, working with brands, exploring the space. Yeah. I, I think that I completely agree with the sentiment around the Hollywood version of a metaverse and where we are now, I played around with, uh, Decentraland within the Decentraland fashion week and it was very cool, but it felt like the, we're at the beginning. Like it didn't feel like we're, we're experiencing the polished version. You know, there were, there were lots of awesome things happening, lots of crazy experiments, but there were still some like, you know, bugs and there were still some, some things that need to be ironed out. But yeah, it felt like, you know, wow, when this, as this improves, it's going to be phenomenal. Right now it's cool. And right now it's interesting. And you can see what's happening and you can see how this can basically grow and be much bigger. So that's really exciting. Okay. So the last question I have for you is a question I ask everyone and it is if you could be the CMO, head of growth at any company in this space, which one would it be and why?
0: One of my personal role models has always been Angela Ahrens, because I have loved seeing her journey as, as she went from Liz Claiborne to then Burberry and how she transformed every single one of the organizations and how much she valued technology and incorporating technology into the e-commerce or the commerce retail experience. If I could blend a company, uh, uh, make a baby between Apple and Burberry, I think that would have been my ideal company, a place that appreciates craftsmanship and the value of fashion in our lives, as well as the experience of incorporating technology that's very design-oriented and is quite a beautiful aesthetic experience as well. I think tech doesn't need to be necessarily alienating or only being attractive to people that are interested in coding or something that's a bit more of a specific discipline. I think fashion has, provides an amazing playground and an opportunity for fashion tech to flourish together. So I would love, I would love to imagine a company emerging in the future that's a blend between Burberry and Apple and heading growth for them.
2: Amazing. That, I think, yeah, that company would immediately get all the VC money and get all the interest in the world because it sounds, the concept of it sounds phenomenal. (laughs)
1: i would love to work there can you give me a job of
2: course (laughs) amazing (laughs) wonderful well thank you thank you so much for coming on it was yeah incredible to learn about and more about how the digital fashion industry is going to grow with uh, the web3 world if people want to get in contact you or follow you what you're up to what's the best way they can do that
0: yeah, I mean, as true to the native Web three ecosystem, I think Twitter right now is one of the best places for us to connect. So uh, you can find me at Anara XR on Twitter. I love to also curate a list of brands, companies, and creators who also are very interested in this topic. So feel free to message me or follow me, and I'd love to also meet you if we share these interests together.
2: Amazing! Thank you so much. This podcast was brought to you by Hype Partners. We are a Web3 agency uh, helping brands, crypto companies, blockchain projects, organizations, communities grow. Um, you can check us out at hype.partners.
1: Thank you so much, Nara. Take care.
0: Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Growing Web3. You can see the show notes and all the resources mentioned in today's episode at HypePartners forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening again, and be sure to hit subscribe to listen to new episodes first. Growing Web3 is brought to you by Hype Partners, the leading community management and marketing agency for Web3 organizations. Hype is a global agency of 120 marketers committed to supercharging Web3 ecosystems go to www.hype.partners to learn more.